Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is betonline.ag. In college basketball, it might be time to jump on Michigan. Jawan Howard has them playing as easily one of the top teams in the country. They've kind of been slept on uh, when people talk about Baylor and Gonzaga. But but now might be the time uh, to put some money on the Wolverines to win it all. Uh, BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline has hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And of course, the 24-hour online casino. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. <laughs> Welcome to another version of uh, Bill Roden on Sports here in uh, Manhattan. You see, this is Manhattan. Oh, this could be, be anywhere, right? This could be anywhere. It could be Detroit. It could, be, it could definitely be Detroit. <laughs> yeah, it could definitely be Detroit. But anyway, uh, yeah, on overcast day here in Manhattan, um, eagerly awaiting spring. Uh, got my friend... Uh, Co-host, great Jamal Murphy, holding it down uh, at the at the Vineyard. I see you see you at the Vineyard today, huh, Murph? Oh yeah, you know, uh, you know, I'm on my remote, my remote podcasting right now at, at lovely Martha's Vineyard in August. I know, yeah, man. Looks I'm just like transported. I know you got like time traveler. <laughs> Let me go about three months in the future, four right. months in the future to August. Exactly. You know, I love that, man. I mean, just that's so nostalgic, man. Like nice. Summer day on the vineyard. Look at that. Nary a cloud in the sky. Yep. You know, kids running around, going to flying horses. Yep. No worries. Uh, Oak no worries. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Just kind of one day bleeds into the next. <laughs> exactly. I see kids. I see kids now, man, like skipping around. <laughs> oh, God. Can't, I can't wait. Can't wait, obviously. <laughs> Woo, boy, no, so but, so. you know everything everything's good uh you know in in uh it's raining today in brooklyn it's on a on a sunday sunday afternoon what is it uh february 28th the last day this is the last day of the month yes yes last day what? of uh last day of black history month bill last day of black history month which goes into uh you know i know we're going to talk about kobe bryant yes uh and uh kyrie irving and uh the, uh, you know, black guys. It's funny, he mentions Kings, Kings being made to play play the All-Star game, you know, by the, by the white emperors. So they're black kings and white emperors. Say, I don't care what y'all think, you better play. You know, play this damn All-Star game in the middle of the pandemic. LeBron, I don't care what you say. That's right. I mean, you know, I mean, I, LeBron's going to play, right? Because he made a big, he made kind of a stink about it, but he wasn't going to go so far as to not play. You know, it's, it's all as we talked about throughout this whole pandemic, it's all financial, you know, it's financial obviously for the NBA and I'm sure they didn't want to give up to the amount of money they would make in, you know, for this, just having the game, even if, even if it is one day, 
Um, but then that ties into the players too, because it's financial for them because they, so if they help out, you know, try to make this a real event, it's, it turns out to be better for them in the long run too, in terms of salary caps down the road and all that. Well, they're held hostage. Right. And athletes, regardless of your sport, are, they're, they're held hostage. You know, they're held hostage to the paycheck because unlike, you know, journalists and all that, I mean, I could remote, we're doing this podcast, you're in Martha's Vineyard, I'm in, you know, whatever, Detroit, you know, <laughs> right, you right. know, and, but yet if, but athletes, they can't do that. They can't play remotely. You can't play football remotely. You can't play baseball remotely. You got to bring your ass there and be physically face to face, snorting, hitting, you know, in the middle of Corona shit, you know, so athletes are basically held hostage no matter what, or they opt out of the season. So, right. They are held hostage to this. I mean, I always I argued, you know, that, I mean, it sounds, I guess it sounds crazy, but they should be paid more, right, in, in these types of circumstances if they have to come in. They should, because they're risking. They're, yeah, they're, they're, take, they're yeah, taking. they're risking the long-term risk. health. Right. Yeah, the owners, where, where are the owners? They're. The owners. They're remote. They're up in the luxury suite. Yeah, they're remote too. You have, like some cats will be where you are, except it'll be for real. They'll be on the coast. Yeah, they, really, the, they really are in Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, they really are in the vineyard and they're sprawling careers by the ocean or up up in Northern California. Some might be in Italy in their little villa they got in Italy. You know, all, some play in Sao Paulo, Brazil, you know, while these brothers are there fucking in the middle of like, you know, Atlanta and shit, you know, breathing all on top of each other, which just, you know, underlines the whole disparities that you guys may think you got money, but we have wealth. And so we're remote, but we're making you guys, you know, play. Now, maybe they, maybe the owner might make Adam Silver show up. Well, Alvin, you know, Adelaide, you got to go down there and shit, you know. Right, right. You have to you go know? down there. You make sure you get tested 50 times. Uh, <laughs> right, every, every quarter, right. every, every half. Right. I mean, you know, like you said, Atlanta, the, the NBA All-Star game in Atlanta. Atlanta is, which, you know, in one of those places, which is, you know, from what I hear is wide open. I mean, they, you know, they're acting like like there's no pandemic out there. Same thing in Florida. I mean, probably, I don't yeah. say, man. I think we'll probably see it here Soon. in New York. You know, when, you know, I think, look, look at when there was a nice day a couple of days ago. I think you equate nice days where this shit is over. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, right. Nice day, fuck it. Yeah. You know, walking around, breathing, you know, take the, you know, going to bars and crowding around, you know. And then I can see with some old people, young people, if you get the vaccine, that's like, all right, you know, fuck it. You know, I got oh, yeah. the vaccine, so yeah. I can just, you know, bets are all bets are all. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, that's definitely going to happen. Oh. So we better use these next two months, man. Like, I mean, March. And then I guess the first day of spring is, um, I need to look at my calendar here, but I don't know, it's March 15th. Or, it's in March, or March and not April is spring? Spring equinox. I, I don't know if that's the first day of spring, but it's, it's March 20th. Wow. So, you know, I think just people just uh, bracing. You know, here we go. So, um, news, well, I know we're going to do a short podcast today. For me, the, the biggest issue is, uh, you know, your friend Kyrie Irving. You know, some days he comes, you know, 
I guess that's being what is how is Kyrie now? Twenty five or four? What I gotta is say, I would. I'm gonna look it up now, but I would guess twenty eight ish, something like that. Twenty eight ish. And you know, it's just too bad he didn't spend four years at Duke. You know, really taking political science classes. Uh, you know, taking uh, Black History Month classes. I mean, really learning how to critically think about things. Because now he's kind of making the shit up on the fly. One day the earth is flat, the next day. And sometimes something's good, but he's putting the shit together. And uh, it, it argues for using your podium, but it argues for just shutting up. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like just because you have a podium, quote, quote unquote, a platform, doesn't mean you got to use it, you know? Yeah, I think, but, but I think we agree, right? That, that he comes from a, it's coming from a good place. Like he, I he guess, does, what does that cares. mean? Like, like in terms of he's, he's speaking out because he think because he thinks it's helpful. And sometimes, sometimes it may be helpful. Um, you know, that it's helpful to, to black people, to him, and black people, he cares about black people. I think that's pretty clear. I, I, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, even I mean even I, what he's done with in terms of you know paying for uh, students to go to HBCUs, paying uh, uh, the player from the WNBA salary when she took the yeah. year off to work on issues. You know? Yeah, he's done some great thing. Well, how, how life would have changed had he gone to an HBCU? You right. know, had he gone to NCA NCC, or instead of you know, but um. His latest thing is uh, they ought to replace the logo, the NBA logo, with Kobe Bryant. Right. Uh, that's his latest push. And then because Kings, as he said, black men have built the NBA. So there's a lot to unpack there. Um, uh, I think they should. It may be time to um, maybe redo, redo, remodel the, the uh, thing, but I think there's a long line, you know, number one, you know, my, my coach, uh, my football coach in Morgan, uh, the legend Earl Banks, he would always joke. He tells somebody, you know, uh, like Jack, Jack, huh, I named the building after you last week and now you burned it down. What he meant by that <laughs> was that one week, you know, Jack would have a good game and he, he'd name a building after him. Then the next week it was awful. Right. And, and, and that's the, that's the futility of you of being a human being right that you could you, you know and i think that like these statues people name these statues after people and now we're tearing them down because we realize man these people you know right. and so with kobe bryant same kind of thing you know he's a human being and you know i don't know how the victim the, how his victim felt or how the victim's father feels or the victim's mother you know the, like that thing back in colorado when he was accused of rape. Right. I, I don't know if she has forgiven him. I don't know if his if her father has forgiven Kobe. Right. I don't know if her mother has forgiven Kobe. Maybe they have forgiven. I don't know if they've forgotten. So then to, you know, take all that stuff and take the stuff he said, well, let's fast forward to all the stuff he's done. Well, to me, that's just kind of making up for your that kind of tarnished legacy. But I don't know if you then make that the symbol of your league, you, you know, uh, I mean, you know, if you're going to do that, I'd go the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar route, you know, because, uh, A, the skyhook lends itself 
to being a great logo um, and all that. But I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? What do you come in on? Yeah, actually, actually, didn't th- I didn't think about that that aspect of of you know the Kobe logo in particular in terms of you know his past and and all that. Uh, I, I would just you know I guess all individuals like we don't you know Jerry West I'm sure had some skeletons in his closet or whoever you know whoever it is. Well, you know nobody's a is a perfect human being, right? So I guess whoever you would put on there, you might have uh, you might have some people who would object. To that, to that particular right. Let's, let's put let's put some little spray spray well. Choking, choking, Carlissimo. I, I like that one. I, that, that, that would actually be you know a more realistic portrayal of. Uh, I think. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But. Uh, <laughs> Or but, Michael Jordan, MJ, you know, yeah, my, at, the, at, at the gambling table, like Las Vegas with like the, you know, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Sorry, but what, what were your points? No, no, I, I, but I looked at it, I looked at it more like on the, because you know, Kobe, first of all, Kobe's his guy, and that's kind of the part I disagreed with him about in terms of why he should be there. He would say, you know, Kobe's our our generation's guy. We all, you know, we we worshipped him. Blah blah blah. It's a new generation. That's like the weakest part of his argument to me. I I agree that, you know, when you think, you know, I, I never had a problem with Jerry West, the Jerry West logo. I never thought too much of it. You know, it's fine with me. But it does make much more sense. And it would be, you know, showing respect to the to the people who, who did build the league and made the league what it is if it were actually a black player, you know, on the logo. So I was looking at Kobe as kind of like a, a figurehead to be that black, uh, more recent uh athlete to 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 be the logo for you know for younger kids who are into the game now and as we as we move on and what the game has become i mean i mean it's not a jerry west league anymore and if it ever was you know um it's it's more of a kobe bryant type league then then you could say oh well you know jordan's the best player or kareem's the best player so they should they should have the logo but jerry west wasn't the best player you know what I'm saying? And he had the logo. So it's not about that, obviously. So I, I agree with him in terms of that. I found it interesting. Or not, it was interesting, interesting the way he said it. So he, he said, he said, black kings, it should be, you know, basically implying that it should be a black person, black person should have the logo like Kobe, because black kings built the league. And that was a was was an interesting way to put it that I think can touch a nerve with people. Like what you know? What does he mean, black black kings? Like what do you what do you what are you saying? And I and he never he never explained that. But you know, my in my generation, younger generations, you know, when that 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 use of that term black king is very prevalent. So and I, and it's really just to explain to some people who might not know, uh, you know, what he's really talking about is he's talking about the belief or the the understanding that all black people come from kings and queens and you're basically trying to you're basically combating the the slavery narrative like we you know a lot of a lot of people say oh you know when you read history books our history it started with slavery or whatever you know but but you know people tell you in, in africa <laughs> we were kings and queens and we were brought over here and and then we had our entire culture taken away from us. We had our entire identities taken away from us. So I think there's really a deeper, and like you said, he may not be the, the correct messenger to even to even broach that that topic. But I, but I found it 
interesting that you know he just put it out there. Listen, we're we are black kings and queens out here, uh, and we and we've done a lot. And one of the things we've done not, is, is not create, everybody is was create a king. this league. Not, Right, not everybody was a king or queen. <laughs> but, but you know, but you know what I'm saying. It's a, if you were taking some black, if you were taking, if you were taking some black history courses at Duke, he would have found that out. But uh, but, but also, you know, you know, it is. It's like it's like uh, you know the the black Muslims and you know Malcolm X and and calling all white people devils, and it was a, part of it was to to give, you know, to to give confidence to black people that you are not who they who they say you are, and who and who are they to call you this or that. You know, so it's that so and, and you still see it today in younger generations or my even my generation where other black dudes will be like, you know, what's up, King? What's up? You know, my queen, a king. And it's basically to rem, to remind each other who our value in, in the country, because we live in a society where that that value is attacked daily. I get it. Like I t- told you earlier today, I never heard that. I mean, nobody ever came up to me and said, hey, King, you know. But, but I, I, I mean, I get it. There's similar stuff that you that people do call you, or, or you know, in the, in the that you can't mention. We can't mention <laughs> on. So. But now, no, listen. I get the idea of us respecting each other, right? And and um, uh, compensating for all of the trash and all of the poison, all the miseducation that has been designed to continue to neutralize us and demoralize us. So I get that. And I, and I like that part of uplifting us, you know, um, and this idea of, um, you know, uh, a lot of this league has been on the shoulders of black people. Right. Is absolutely correct. Black Kings and Queens. Right. You know, now there've been white emperors <laughs> who right. multi-billionaires right. who, you know, fronted the money and continue and continue to front the money, right? You know, so I, I, I guess it just boils down to. And Jerry West, I think, it said that he always felt embarrassed. He always felt embarrassed. I mean, he's not putting up a stink, you right. know. He said he's always felt embarrassed by it anyway. So, and and he's, you know, he was he was crushed by the loss of Kobe Bryant, and he probably was one of the first ones. That, yeah, I mean, okay, fine, you know. So then it gets, do we? do give it make you know name this building after another flawed human being or do we come up with a concept is there a concept that could become the logo that is maybe the embodiment of african americans building the league or mm-hmm. the embodiment of black players but not necessarily cuz like any player you mention you know if you mention kobe and people drill down there could be People's man, no, no, that you know that we love him. We're glad we named the symbol. But, you know, is he the? Do we want him to be the signature, the face of our league? Yeah. I don't know about that. So um, I think it's a great argument. Um, but I, I, I mean, some people already brought up Bill Russell, right? You know, I, I think I say Kareem because of his numbers. He's still, he's still the points leader. You know, the all-time points leader, and his shot is a signature shot. I mean, I think, artistically speaking, I mean, what would be if you use uh, Kobe? What would be his? What would be the logo? There, I mean, because remember, you don't see Jerry West's face or anything. People just say it as Jerry West. So, how? What would be? Does, does Kobe have a signature move, or you know? 
Yeah, I think, you know, I think I've seen a few and they all look pretty good, like in terms of logos, like they have, you know, him, him dribbling one way. You can tell it's Kobe. You have him with his, his signatures, you know, shot. You also have him dunking. You know, he, have, he has signature dunks uh, that you can use. So I think there is a lot. I agree. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not one of those people who's like diehard Kobe, diehard Kobe fan when he played or even, you know, now insist that it must be Kobe. But I, but I do think there is a generational thing too, because, because you do, I think it is a new game now. It's a new era, new game, and you're moving forward, right? You're moving forward. So I, I would, I would be, I wouldn't be all that excited about, even though I feel like Kareem, you know, could be the greatest player ever to play the game and, and Russell too. Uh, but but then you're going backwards to the, and you're in the same you're in the same generational uh, place that you were with West. Um, so if if you're going to change it, I agree that you it should be a more modern uh, depiction. So do we change it again uh, forty years from now? You know, there's all yeah. those who the hell is Kobe Bryant? What, what, right. Come on, right. I, and I think you do. But don't we do that? Don't don't all brands do that? Brands don't keep their their logos the same for forever. M&M's, M&M's is the same. Snickers is the same. Is uh, I guess. I mean, Disney, Walt Disney, Mickey Mouse. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, I, that's a good question. What what major brands have changed? Maybe our thousands of listeners can weigh in. Right. Um, what would have been Tide? I look at Tide. I don't know. When is the last time Tide has changed? When is Cheerios I'm, I, changed? I have, I, mean, I, have to, I have to do the research, but I... I would assume that they, they, they have changed. most of them have changed. You know, we have commercials now. We never used to have commercials when they when they first started. You know, all these everything's about the brand. Everything's about um, reaching ages. You know, age group eighteen to thirty four. You know, all that kind of stuff. So, I think most of these brands do try to adapt and change. Yes, you're right. The the classic brands. There are probably a few classic brands that that you know, take pride and never have changed yeah, mounds, the mounds, you know, mounds, the candy bar. Uh-huh. Miles, I don't know when's the last time that's changed. I mean, mounds, <laughs> it's the same candy bar that I stole when I was eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh, be careful. And, uh, statue of limitations. <laughs> I want to take a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether rare, dead stock, or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. And it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 plus, making it free to sell or flip your collection. So go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. But, um, yes, I mean, yes, so I get your point. I mean, and maybe it is, I'd like to find out, I'm like Google when, when the the, the uh, Jerry West became a logo, and, and absolutely you're right. I mean, I, I think there are a lot of white folks who are probably secretly be like, yeah, no, you know, we got to keep that. 
and, and, and I think it is time, maybe it is time to get a new logo, but the question becomes, do we make it a human being or do we come up with something that's more, and it's a challenge, that, that, that speaks to the African-American presence and sensitivity, but is not necessarily one person, right. you know? No, I, I like that. I like that idea. Um, but you know, because I, I don't know what that would be black, but maybe you know, the fist, yeah. Know, I don't, uh, yeah we don't know, like you said, there's still white emperors who are making these decisions, so yeah, um, good yeah. luck, good luck with the black fist, <laughs> Smith and Tommy Smith, John Carlos. I mean, right, you know, too bad there's not a league to put that, you know, and and and, and for brands and leagues, it's all about marketing and how they can make money. So, you got you also have to figure if you're a bunch, of, if it's like five, ten white guys in a room, old white guys in a room. I mean, what's their main concern is that the NBA is appealing to everybody, um, and, and and most importantly, probably white people. So, right, they're probably thinking, "Hey, we gave you the league. You have it's all black players. We just put the logo on there, and we and and we find that it helps. It helps in terms of our white fans embrace the league. So maybe they want to make a Larry Bird. Well, let's make a Larry. Bird. Why don't we make a Larry Bird and, and Magic? Why we make make it Magic and Larry? Yeah, 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 and that's the problem too. When you talk about you know who should be on there, and you and you put it in, in terms of like how good the player was or who's the best player, uh, you know there are a lot of great players that that you know so called built the league. So yeah, I mean there there were there are white players who built the league. Now the difference is that and Kobe, I mean Kobe, um, Kyrie could have pointed out that yeah. Uh, White players built the league, but black players were kept out for a long time. Right. They were they were kept out, and then when they were let in, they were let in on a quota basis. Right. You know, so it so the black presence has been suppressed. You know, um, as an argument to why it's, it's really time to do away with the old logo and a new one. Whether it's Kobe or not, I don't know. Like I said, and you're right. I mean, you say Kareem. Well, so yeah, you're going back rather than moving forward. But, you know, we're moving forward, but nobody still caught Kareem in terms of his numbers. Now, maybe LeBron will catch him if LeBron plays for another two years or something. Maybe LeBron will catch him. Right. I don't know. LeBron, LeBron could be the logo. I'm sure, you know, he's another guy. Well, and I, I'm who, sure a lot of people would argue, you know, there were people argue for LeBron. Right. You know? But he's he, but again, LeBron is playing still. So I I think at the very least, that's all. I see. That's why we have to find out when was Jerry West made the logo. Was he still well, playing? Nineteen. You know, I don't know. That's a good. Uh, I I found it said the image originally graced the cover of a 1967-68 basketball magazine. That was the original image. Nineteen sixty-eight. Yeah. So maybe was he retired? And he may have just. I don't know. He was still playing, I right. think. Right? right, Jerry West. Was he? Was he? Where did he stand in terms in terms of the most famous basketball players at that time? Well, he was pretty famous. In fact, uh, one of the things I was going to bring up, he probably is the only athlete, maybe two, Jim Brown, the other, with, uh, that made a Richard Pryor monologue. Mm. Richard Pryor mentioned Jerry West. He said. I'm gonna. I want to go back and listen to the album, 
But he said, yeah, yeah, this is when Richard Pryor was still using the N-word. Right. He said, yeah, Jerry Westby out there making ends look ridiculous. <laughs> right. You know, so, I mean, you know, he, he actually, he, you know, and, and that's true. I mean, Jerry Westby out there making me look ridiculous, you know. Right. So, but the fact that he, he became the logo while he was living, again, feeds into this white supremacist attitude, you know. Uh, even in sports where blacks dominate, they're always looking for the white hope. Right, there's one, there's, you know, there's still one guy, you know, we can point. Yeah, to. like Bird, or there's all, they're always looking in, in, in NFL. I mean, that's why Tom Brady definitely earned it with his Super Bowl, but they poured it on thick, right. you know, kind of like because they think they see this as probably the last time. And he's Brady is probably one of the last hopes because when they look at the ride, there's no Manning. Breeze is basically done. Um, Aaron Rodgers basically done. Right. And the whole thing coming up now is uh, people like Wilson and people like Watson and Lamar Jackson, who they really, like a guy like that, man, with the Braves and all that, you know, um, who am I missing? You know, that, so Mahomes. that's what it, you know, Mahomes. So they're praying to Trevor Lawrence right. to please, Trevor's already become the white hope. Anyway, but that gets back to West and them making him uh, the, the face of the league while he was still playing. So, so yeah, I see where Kyrie is coming from. You know, that, hey, man, you know. Um, and I, I would like that to be part of a frontal assault. I mean, you know, I wish some black guys could buy the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, franchise. Because even the white coach, the, the, the NBA Coach Association came up with a statement. You know, when, when they hired this guy and they said, no, I mean, this, I mean he, the, the associates, wait a minute, you can't just do that. We need, you know, we need to have a transparent selection process. You know, so even the supposedly enlightened NBA, you know, and, and I think the NBA gets a pass. Are they you, get a pass on a race. Go ahead. Are you, are you talking about, um, what, Steve Nash? That's no, 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 of, of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, the, um, the, the, the most recent, the most recent, the most hour. recent hour. They yeah, they say from, from Toronto. Yeah, off, off somebody else's bench, right. and, the, and, and the NBA Coach Association called them out and issued a statement. Right. You know, and this is to the calling for transparency, and, and this is the enlightened NBA, right. and nobody's ever. I mean, I, I was listening to Frank Isola and somebody else's show, and they were saying, "Well, do we need a Rooney Rule?" And they were kind of stuttering around. Well, you know, now I mean, don't they do a good job? I don't know. <laughs> well, no. I mean, you know, the NBA has been dominated by black players for like the last three decades. There should be probably half, at least half the coaches in the NBA should be black. And if you really look at it, you know, and there should be more than like one team president. I don't, I don't even know if there's more than one black team president. There's some, oh no, there are two. Yeah. I mean, right. I mean, the, the point is, there's been an ample talent pool of black people for, for more than three decades. And the fact is like this speaks to the fact that there has to be an artificial barrier to black advancement. Yeah, and, I was, and that's, that brings me to, you know, the whole Kyrie thing, um, you know, where he talk, you know, he does speak out on occasion and he, and he says some, some things uh, that, are, that are definitely pro-black and show that he cares about black people. Um, but what about issues like coach coaching? Like he, like the Nets brought in a coach while he was while Kyrie Irving is there, and he didn't say anything about 
um, you know, maybe maybe letting Jacques Vaughn keep that job or right. I mean, he went so far as you know, offhandedly to say in in a in an interview that you know we're so great we probably don't we don't even need coaches like you know Kevin Durant. Yeah. Right? So if you don't if it's that if that's the case, then why 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 not Jack? Well, I see you you bring up a great point, Jamal. I, okay, I get it with Kobe Bryant, I mean, but desegregate your industry. Yeah. Okay, why why is it okay? That's like you on the plantation, and it's like okay to keep having a white. Uh, you know, a white mask all the time. You say nothing about that, but then you deal with something on the periphery or <laughs> something like that. Well, we want we want this plantation's name to be named after the oldest black person on the plantation, right. you know, as opposed to, man, well, why don't we buy the plantation? Why don't we get out? I mean, you know, so, so you know, all these guys, these black guys, and the same thing with NFL. I'd rather you be more concerned with, stopping your franchise from being racist. Hire black coaches, hire black presidents, hire, you know, black PR die, black, you know, marketing. I mean, desegregate your industry. If you're, if you're a black writer, it plays with me, desegregate, you know, desegregate the press box, you know, you know, you know, so. And and even, and in this case, uh, the, you know, I would say that one of the reasons that the NBA Coaches Association even came out with a statement is because of the reaction of, of a player, of a big time player, Dame Lillard. He was the first person to say something uh, when they hired the assistant. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name now, um, but they hired the assistant from Toronto and they and they they already had a black assistant on their staff, uh, Vanterpool, who had who previously was an assistant at Portland where Dame Lillard was. And he was like, how are you hiring this guy right. when you have this great coach on your bench now. I know he's great. He helped make us. He helped make us the best backcourt in the NBA when he was in Portland. And now you have him in Minnesota and you go to another midseason. You go to another coach's bench to hire a, you know, a white assistant. Yeah. And so you got I give I give Dame Little a lot of credit because I think that's where the pressure has to come from. It has to come from within. And it's funny you bring up <clears throat> the pool cuz I always think about this. You know, people, you know, and it's Everybody knows that, that that the powers that be will say, "Oh well, we don't we didn't know where to find them. We didn't know, you know, there weren't enough. You know, it's a pet, they just keep moving the goalposts. There weren't enough uh, uh, defensive co- offensive coordinators who were black, or this type of coordinator who was black. You know, I'm I'm writing an article uh, about some of the black coaches in college for the undefeated coming up, and so I, I'm looking back at at the numbers, and in 2019. And this this always struck me how assistant black assistant coaches in college basketball and men's division one college basketball make up for pretty close to 50% of the assistant coaches are black, right? But then you see the ceiling because when it comes to so you have a pool right there, that's a pool. 50% of the coaches, that's a pool. Not to mention over 50% of the players, right, are black. Okay, so that's the pool. Then you get to head coaching. And all of a sudden, it's just 25% uh, black right. coaches, and it's 69% white coaches. So you go from a, that pool, which is 50-50, and they're not, they're not taking 50-50 over to the next level. Right. Well, the same with the NFL and the same with the NBA. So it gets back to this thing that that has to be a conscious decision, a conscious to create a constant barrier, a, a, a conscious wall that... Listen, you guys are the, you know, it's something that 
Jimmy the Greek said a long time ago when somebody was talking about, he was drunk and they got him at Duke Zabar and they were talking about getting more black folks to be in the booth and coaches. And he said, well, listen, if, if all these black people become coaches and announcers that you want to be, what are we going to do? What does that lead for us? And he was drunk, but that is the truth. He said, you know, you guys got all this stuff. What are we going to do? Right. You know, what, what are the white guys going to do? But what that speaks to, yeah, but we've earned it. We've earned being 70% of the league because we're good. So right. what you're saying is that when, as long as you need us, we'll be 80% of the league. But when it gets to the jump ball, it's always going to be the white guy. When it's a jump ball, it always goes to the white guy, as long as you guys are in control because you're insecure and you're looking around. And we've got to earn it, but you get to inherit it. Right. You know, and, and to me, that's part of this whole culture war. And it's not, it's not Republican. It's not Democrat. It's not conservative. It's not liberal. It's basically people with privilege. And that cuts across all boundaries. Republican people with privilege saying, you know what? We want to keep our privilege. Right. We want to keep our privilege, you know, and that's kind of it. Whether it's in the NBA or the NFL or the C-suite, you know, and it's laid out as we see, yeah, we're like 80% of the NBA or this or that. But yet you guys are like, yeah, but you know what? We are not, as you said, Jamal, we're not going to let that translate into the, we're not going to have a league with 18 black head coaches. You know, we're not going to have an NFL with like 15 black head coaches and 13 black team presidents. Right. And, and who knows what we'll do if you guys scrape up the money to buy for it. Maybe we won't even let you, maybe we won't let you in that club either. You know, so. Right. I mean, yeah, they, like you said, it's a club. I mean, you have to be allowed in the club. So it's not, it, it even goes beyond just money. You remember, uh, you know, Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, whatever, was trying to get some money together before. Uh, would they Would they let him in the club? It, it would take a vote. So it's not even, it's not even meritocracy in terms of wealth. You know oh, no, no, because, yeah, that's at a certain point, you know, even with wealth, you got a lot of multi-billionaires, but they said, no, we ain't letting you buy come into this neighborhood. Right. We'll care how much money you have, right. you know. Um, so kind of getting back to Kyrie and all that, okay, the logo and all that, but, but the more we talk about, that's kind of small potatoes. Right. And, you, you know, uh, you didn't fight for getting a black head coach. Right. You know, Um like like Damon Little was at, you, you know, let's fight about that. Right. Let's fight about, we don't have black team presidents. What do you guys tell us? Um, you know, how much business do we do with black vendors? Right. You know, are we doing anything to create black uh, entrepreneurs who are billionaires? You know, so that, that there's a lot on the table. That to me, the whole local thing is, I'm not saying it's, it's significant, but, you know, you could do that, but I think there are much more important things to uh, talk about. What, what else we have, man? Uh, the I w think that's... WNBA. Let's, let's talk about that quickly before we get out of here. Uh, the Atlanta Dream finally... The Atlanta Dream was part owned by uh, Kelly Leffler, who was the uh, senator who got beat by Raphael Warnock. And remember, the first time I'd heard of Warnock was when the WNBA's uh, Atlanta Dream wore shirts pregame saying vote Warnock uh, and he was the person running against Loeffler and that was successful. Uh, he is now a, a U.S. Senator from Georgia so that shows you what kind of what kind of power and, and insight the WNBA had but now finally uh, they were able to 
get Loeffler completely off, off of the books in terms of being an owner for the Atlanta Dream. They sold to a group that includes uh, a former Atlanta Dream star, Renee Montgomery. So you have a black woman who is now part owner of a WNBA team. And, and one of the things she was saying, she was inspired by uh, LeBron James uh, specifically and his actions and his words uh, over the past couple of years. And it, it, she said it made her really think about how she could get involved and how she could try to make a change and become you know, a, a black woman in power. Yeah, that's great. So now let's see where the contract negotiations come down. <laughs> you know, uh, who else was in that ownership group though? Do we know? Uh, you know, a couple of money people, real estate investor Larry Goddess-Diener, and also Susan Abair, president of Northland Investment Group. So, okay, one. one yeah, I mean, you know, you know, I mean, she's she's a part of it. She, I think she's the first to, to be in ownership as well as a, a team executive. Yeah, so good. I mean, I think that whole situation, the WNBA and Atlanta was positive. Right. And it's good. So, you know, good for Renee Montgomery, good for the Atlanta Dream. Uh, Loeffler's out. Um, you know, you got to keep her out. And I just think that's across the board. I mean, we're all kind of breathing easy because right. of the election and all that. But hopefully this was a lesson that, man, you got to fight for this stuff. You cannot let up because uh, evil is not letting up. The bigots are not letting up. The racists are not letting up. And, you know, just like Corona not letting that, we really can't let up. You know, you just, it's all just a continuous struggle and fight and sandwiching some fun in between. You know, we got to, we got to have some fun. Right. And, and we know, do know how to have fun. And then, the, and the, you know, the, the, vic, the, some, the victories that we, we were able to accomplish last election, it was, it was very close. Um, and you got these people, like you said, they're not letting up. Trump is talking about running again. Um, you have... I heard 43 states are trying to make changes in their voting laws uh, to make to make it tougher for, for black, black people, people to vote yeah. uh, because we were we were such a strong presence in the last election. So the fight is on on the other side. So we there's no doubt that we need to keep up, you know, keep fighting very hard or maybe even harder. Harder. Than we already have. Yeah, harder. I mean, I think I think truth will always win. Love will always win. But it's like like with any competition, you got to play. You got to, you know, you got to fight. So uh, I think that's the lesson. And that's the one great thing about getting athletes involved because great athletes understand that it's year round. It never stops. Right. You know, right. So that's that's the uh, good thing. Uh, so uh, what else? We, I mean, I, I guess we could talk March Madness next week because that, that's the right. anniversary of, uh, you know, the pandemic shutting everything down. We're glad that Tiger Woods seems to be out the woods. So, you know. Uh, yeah. What a what a life. I mean, it never ends. You know, that that documentary had just come out. I had just watched the documentary where they go into, you know, his, his entire past and, you know, all the all the women came out were part of the documentary. And uh, that, that couldn't have that couldn't have uh, helped him stress his stress level, I would think. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. So but glad that he's, you know, seems like he's going to be mending. Yes, yes, so, he survived because the way that car crash looked uh, could have been much worse. Yeah, yeah. Well, as always, want to want to thank the listeners for for listening and supporting. Uh, keep 
following, keep subscribing, all that good stuff. So we're going to start our mailbag uh, so we can interact with the listeners a little more. Any questions you have, leave it in the comments section of our Apple podcast page. Um, and you know anything you, you want us to talk about, anything that's on your mind, let us know and we'll address it on the show uh, so we can get more of the listeners involved. Um, but also keep following us. And you can also leave a question on social media, on Twitter, at BrosPod. So keep following us on there. And on Instagram, at BrosPod. And on Facebook, uh, the page is Bill Roden on Sports. And soon, maybe we'll even get a YouTube page, YouTube channel. Yes. All right, listen, uh, Jamal, have a great week. And everybody out there, have a great week. Be safe, have fun, and God bless. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.